Welcome to Breaking Bread. Welcome to Fellowship in the Word with Minister Daniel Abola. Here is where you receive insights about God's Word that will stir you to action. Be blessed. I want to encourage you today on why we should pray. Why we should pray. We're continuing this um, two-part series, Mount Up. It's a prayer series. And this series is to help you um, in your devotion. It's to help you understand devotion. I want to tell you that the best thing you can give yourself this year is a consistent devotional life. It's a consistent prayer life. It will help you in no small way. And I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about two things that um, affect the way we pray or the nature of our prayer. Hallelujah. Now, the mood of prayer in the Old Testament and the mood of prayer in the New are quite different. And here is what I mean. The Old Testament and the New Testament, what makes them up is not necessarily books, letters, chapters, or even pages. What makes up a testament or why it is a testament, it is that it is because of um, the dispensation, the ordinances, the law, or, and the covenant that um, binds the people. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is what makes up a testament. Hallelujah. And looking through scripture, we see that the way prayer was in the old is quite different from the way prayer is in the new. Hallelujah. And I want to talk about those two change, two of those changes that we see in prayer in the New Testament. I hope you know we are in the New Testament. We are in the new dispensation. Hallelujah. And one of it is that God is our Father. God is our Father. And this changes how we pray. We no longer pray to a God that we do not know. We do no longer pray to a creator God that we just have to be accountable to. When I open my mouth, I know I am praying to my Father. Hallelujah. I know I am praying to my Father. So this this brings a... Uh, it changes our position in prayer. It brings a relationship perspective. So I know that when I'm praying, I am having a relationship with my father. I am talking directly to God. I'm talking directly to my father. Hallelujah. And what this means is that uh, there are certain things that um, would shift regarding our prayer one of it is um, when it comes to asking for what we need hallelujah 
Christ said in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 33, he says that your heavenly father knows that you need these things, what to eat, what to wear, where to stay. Your heavenly father knows. He knows you need these things. See, God is a responsible father. Having to or needing to ask God or keep on asking God for your needs in prayer means that you don't know he is responsible. Hallelujah. Jesus addressing the people, he says that if you being evil know how to give gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father. Hallelujah. So there is um, there is this change in perspective towards our prayer. The thing is, God expects you to pray different prayers. He expects you to pray differently. Hallelujah. God expects you to pray differently. Why pray for your needs when you know your father has got you covered? When you know um, your heavenly father knows that you need this thing, you need these things, and he's going to provide these things. So why then do you need to keep on asking for those things? Hallelujah. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is that our prayer changes the moment we understand that when we pray, we are praying to Father, we are praying to Daddy. Do you understand? So, prayer, your, um, your prayer, shall I say points, or your prayer perspective has changed or should change. Hallelujah. So Jesus would say, um, when he was addressing his disciples, when he was teaching them to pray, he he would say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is what we, we now pray about. This is our prayer focus. Hallelujah. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and this shall be added to you. This shall be added to you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. So this is our new perspective to prayer. We pray kingdom prayers. We pray what God wants. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. There is a way you would you would act. There is a way you would respond when you realize that you are the son of a king. Do you get what I'm saying? You don't you you have you would understand or you understand that you don't necessarily need to ask for food. Oh, daddy, I'm hungry. No. You can just command one of the servants to get you food. So what you are you are concerned with more important things. Do you get do you get my point now? You are you are bothered with more important things. Your your concern is your father's concern. Hallelujah. Now that's what I mean. That's what I mean. We are concerned with what our father is concerned with when we pray. That is the essence of our relationship. Hallelujah. You can't really say or you can't really prove that God is your father when you pray 
and the only thing you pray about is your needs. Where then is that relationship? Where then does that relationship speak or show? Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's the first thing, that God is Father. Now, the second thing is that we have the Holy Ghost. The second is that we have the Holy Ghost. And here is the thing. This this definition of prayer never existed until the New Testament. And what I mean is, um, when let's go to First Corinthians chapter fourteen. First Corinthians. I hope you are with your Bibles. First Corinthians fourteen from verse two. And he says, it says, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Hallelujah. So this is a new definition of prayer for us. Hallelujah. When we pray in tongues, when we pray in the spirit, we speak mysteries and we speak to God. Hallelujah. I'll have you know that in the old dispensation, prayer was as easy as walking up to Jesus and asking him, who said that this man was born blind? And Jesus will give an answer. Do you understand? Jesus, I mean, they were really, they were literally asking God because Jesus was God. So they could walk up to him and ask, who sinned that this man was born blind? Hallelujah. But Jesus said something. He, he told his disciples something about when the comforter would come. He says, he will guide you into all truth and show you things to come. Hallelujah. Do you get that? So, it, it was going to shift from walking up to Jesus and asking that well, who saying that this man was born blind to having the Holy Spirit on your inside. Jesus would tell them sometimes that I have a lot to tell you but you, you are not able to bear it. And I believe that, personally, I believe that one of those things that he couldn't tell, share with them was as regards prayer. Do you understand? Because he couldn't share about praying in the Spirit because they had not received the Spirit. So, he was, so what he says is that when the Comforter comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will show you all that you need to know. Hallelujah. So when we pray by the Spirit, we speak mysteries. Do you understand? We speak mysteries and you can get that interpretation. Read 1 Corinthians 14. You can get the interpretation. So the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. Hallelujah. And this also changes our view, our perspective to prayer in the new dispensation. 
Hallelujah. So what then does prayer do? Having known all this, what then does prayer do for us? Why then should we pray? Remember, we are talking about why we should pray. But I want us to understand first that this is the nature of prayer. It is that we understand that God is Father and is that we pray, we pray by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So what then does prayer do? Or why should we pray? The first is prayer is for edification hallelujah we have to go back to first corinthians chapter 14 we'll read from verse 4 and it says he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself but he that prophesied edified the church he that speaks in an unknown tongue edified himself take note of the word edified now, the um, word edified in the Greek is the word oikodomio. It means to build. It means to establish. Hallelujah. It's the same word Jesus used when he says in Matthew 16 verse 18, he says, On this rock I will oikodomio my church. I will build my church. Do you understand? And here is what i want you to take note about this word is that it is present continuous edify it it's a present continuous word meaning that um, when we pray we build ourselves we build ourselves up when we pray and we do not stop building ourselves what i mean by that is that you can't build yourselves yourself up finish do you understand you can't build it it also means to make progress in the faith you make progress in the faith when you pray in the holy ghost when you make prayer you make progress you build on yourself it literally means to lay brick by brick hallelujah so you keep adding to yourself you keep adding to yourself Remember, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the house of the Lord. So when you pray, you build on yourself. I want you to do a study, a little study on 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 1 Peter chapter 2. Do you understand? Well, I'm, I'm going to do a new series on that is titled um, Temple. Do you understand? So anticipate that we are going to go fully in-depth in it. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build yourself. You lay upon yourself. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Jude 20 says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So you build yourself up when you pray. Hallelujah. The second is prayer prevails. Prayer prevails or prayer is for prevailing. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm, I want to focus, I want to emphasize this a little. Open to Luke 18 from verse 1. 
locating from verse 1. It says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, what this means is that men should pray and not give up. That's what it means. Men should pray and not give up. So, verse 2 says, he, he gave, now this is the parable now, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor do I regard man. Yet, because this widow troubled me, I would avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with, with, though he bear long with them? Hallelujah. He says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? So, Christ he was talking about the importunity of prayer. He says, men should pray until something happens. Until there is an intervention, like we see in this parable. He, he, he didn't want to, necessarily, he didn't want to answer or help her from the goodness of his own heart. But just because she kept on coming, she kept on coming, he had no choice but to answer her. You get. And remember I said that our perspective to prayer has changed. So it's not about asking, coming, um, keeping on. Oh my God, English. It's not about coming over and over to ask God for needs. Hallelujah. Check scriptures. Look at people that prayed prevailing prayers. Look at Hannah. Look at Elijah. Look at Esther. Look at Daniel. I dare say that, and this is the thing. This is the thing. I'll, I'll come back to that. This is the thing. Christ said in Acts chapter 1, from verse 7, He says that. It is not given to you to know the times and seasons that the Father has placed in his hands. Do you know what that means? It is that we do not have access to, <clears throat> to God's own timing. Hallelujah. Look at what Jesus Christ said to his disciples after his ascension. I mean, after his resurrection. He says... Tarry ye in Jerusalem until you are endued with the Spirit from on high. So, he just told them, tarry. Do you know what that means? It means just stay. He didn't give them any time frame. So, what happened was that they stayed there. They kept on doing what they were doing until... The day of the Spirit, which they did not even know. So, that is the thing about praying prevailing prayers. It is that 
you pray until God's time meets you praying. Do you get it? You pray until God's time meets you praying. That is what it means to pray prevailing prayers. I dare say that if Daniel had stopped at the 20th day, he wouldn't have gotten his answer. Do you understand what I'm saying? He had... Look at all that was happening. Truth is, the moment he set his heart to pray to God, God sent an answer through his angel. But the angel, angel Gabriel, was intercepted by a spirit prince. Do you understand? And he was intercepted for 21 days. So imagine Daniel had stopped or he just said, okay, let me do 15 days and that. Imagine what would have happened. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gotten his answer. Let me give you another example. Look at the church when they prayed for Peter, when Peter was, was arrested and put in prison. They prayed until Peter was at their doorstep. They, when he even got to their doorstep, they didn't even believe that it was Peter. They prayed until he got delivered, until he, he went through that whole deliverance process. The angel coming, waking him up, um, losing the chains, opening the gates, down till he was at their doorstep. Now that's what it means to pray prevailing prayers. And this is this is what prayer does or this is what we should do with prayer it is that we pray prevailing prayers let god's timing meet you praying that is the idea it says tarry ye until you are endured because god won't tell you when because it is not given to you <laughs> it is not given to you so we pray prevailing prayers when God's timing meets us praying. Do you get that? We pray prevailing prayers when God's timing meets us praying. So pray long. Pray long. Christ says, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? Will he meet you doing what you are doing? Will he meet you at your post? Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And now the last thing is prayer is powerful. I say it again. Prayer is powerful. James 5, 16. James chapter 5 from verse 16. James chapter 5 from verse 16. It says, confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amplified says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued. You see the word continued there again. The earnest, heartfelt. So, earnest is something that is heartfelt and continued. The earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. 
makes tremendous power available. Hallelujah. So what happens when you pray is that you stir up power in you. Ephesians 3.21 says that there is a power that is at work in you. Hallelujah. There is power that you received after that the Holy Ghost came upon you. So what you do is that you stir up that power, that ability, and you make it potential. You do what? You make it potential. You make it something dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what did I um what was the first thing I mentioned? Prayer is for edification. You edify yourself in prayer. The second thing is that prayer prevails or prayer is for prevailing. You need to sit with it. Just like the prophet Elijah. Scripture says that Elijah put his head between his knees and he was there until he got the answer. Hallelujah. Until his servant came with the right information. Okay, this is what I see. Hallelujah. This Elijah was a man subject to like passions. Do you get? He didn't even have the spirit inside him. He didn't have this whole perspective to prayer that we have now. And the third thing is prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. We see it in um, the life of the lives of the apostles. Hallelujah. Um, Paul and Silas, after they had been captured, after they had been put in prison, scripture says they prayed and sang. And what happened? The Holy Ghost came upon the whole, shook the whole prison, and if the doors were flung open, prayer is powerful. You cannot pray rightly and not see results. It's not possible. It's not possible. Hallelujah. So, what then do you do with prayer? What then do you do now with all these things? What you do is that you continue in prayer. What did I say? You continue in prayer. There is this saying, or there's this thing that people say that um, it's not about how long it's about how well you pray. Well, it's not true. It's both. It's about how long and how well. Do you understand? Pray long, pray well. Continue in it. Colossians 4 2. Colossians chapter 4 from verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer. Romans 12 12. Romans chapter 12 from verse 12. It says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. So continue in prayer. If you haven't started, start today. Have a time. Pray every day. Paul in Ephesians 6 from verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication 
in the spirit and watching thereunto with perseverance. With supplication, I mean for the saints. It says praying always. The, the word always there is the word kairos in Greek. It means praying at specific times. So have your own specific prayer time. Have your specific prayer time. The church modeled it. They had hours of prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? So pray every day. Practice prayer. Pray prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? Incorporate it into your schedules. Have a prayer life. Have a prayer life. Look for what works for you. Is it 30 minutes? Is it 40 minutes? Is it one hour? Set a time to it and be diligent with it. Hallelujah. There, there is this thing I do. Excuse me. There is this thing I do and I call it um, assuring myself in devotion. It is that after I have prayed, I tell myself that it is this same time tomorrow again. Do you understand? So it just erases, just sets your mind against any form of complacency. Do you understand? So you tell yourself, I've prayed today, I'm praying the same time again tomorrow. You speak that to yourself. Hallelujah. Like I said, put these things to practice. Put it to practice. Set your mind to do it. There is grace for it though. I'm telling you, if you key into this, there is grace for it. I'm a testimony of this. Hallelujah. You can you can walk consistently in the spirit every day. You can have a consistent devotional life every day. It just takes diligence on your path. Hallelujah. And the last thing, open to Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 20. From verse 28. We'll read to 31. It says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainted not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, it's only God that gives this kind of strength. How, how, do, you, how do you run and you are not weary? How do you walk and you, are, and you are not tired? How do you mount up with wings like the eagle? Only God gives this kind of strength. And he says to wait. Wait upon him. Stay with God. Hallelujah. Stay with God every day. Stay with God. 
and you receive a supernatural supply. Hallelujah.